This is The First Years, a podcast about the unicorns of American agriculture, first-generation farmers, and the guts, grit, determination, and business prowess required to be one. Welcome to today's episode of The First Years. I'm super excited um, to share this episode with you today because I am visiting with one of my nearest and dearest farmer friends, Anita Vanderlaan. Um, Anita is actually not a first-generation farmer. Um, she is fifth generation in her family, but when she was um, in her early 20s, her dad said, you can't farm here because you're a girl. So she came to America with nothing but some cash and um, started her farm with her husband, Peter. And today, like she'll share with you, um, they are super successful in what they do, um, despite some pretty incredible challenges along the way. So I um, am thrilled to be with Anita in person this time because we are both in Colorado for the VAS Ag Connect Summit, um, which has been just a joy to get to spend some time with her and record this in person. So Anita, tell us a little bit about your farm. Well, we have a farm in Oklahoma right now. And my husband and I uh, have actually two dairy farms. Um, we also have uh, 6,000 acres, a little over 6,000 acres in Oklahoma that we farm. And we got about 1,000 acres in Colorado, a hay farm we call that. And uh, milk on one dairy we milk about 3,200 and the other dairy 1,700 cows. We're in the process of uh, building a new heifer facility. So our daughter and daughter-in-law can uh, run that. We have a the son and daughter-in-law working with us, and we have a daughter and a son-in-law working with us. So it's a true family dairy. So tell me about you didn't you didn't start out that way, and you you weren't given that farm by any means. Tell me about your journey of um, leaving the Netherlands and coming to America. Well, I was born in the Netherlands, so was my husband, and we came over here and we started with forty cows. At milking jobs for, uh, for with other dairies, and so we kept our daytime job and uh, and started our own dairy. So we started from scratch, so to speak, and slowly started building. And it was back in '88, '89, yeah, '90, '90, yeah, 1990. We got married in '1990, and uh, I'm sorry, I didn't even remember the the dates exactly, but it was in '90, and start slowly growing and growing. Uh, we paid 40 cows off and back to the bank and bought another pot load of cows and and so on and so on. And, and the kids tell me I'm a, we are cow hoarders. We are, <laughs> we love cows. It's our, it's our passion. So we start slowly growing and we started in East Texas and then we built our f- very first dairy in uh, Central Texas. And we start milking over there, about 200 cows and we start slowly growing. And by the time we moved to Oklahoma, we were milking uh, around 900 cows over there. And in Oklahoma, it really started getting, we built our first freestyle barn, loved it. Built, built another freestyle barn and another and another. So we got four freestyle barns on the original place right now. We call it the Big Dairy. It's the original Vanderland Dairy. And we milked 3,200 at that place. That's amazing. What was the hardest part when you when you were milking forty cows and still working your job in Texas? What was what was the hardest the hardest part? The hours. Yeah. The hours. It it was bad. We milked three times a day on our own dairy, and then we milked for somebody else also, 
and that was that was tough. That was really tough. Uh, we didn't see each other a lot, but it changed. Yeah. Yeah. And when we built the dairy, uh, I got pregnant, and and I kept working till I was, oh, till the doctor put me on bed rest. It was about six six weeks before uh, our oldest one was born, and but he was ten days old, and I took him back to the milking barn, and uh, <laughs> I never forget. He was sitting, he was laying in his bassinet and in the, in the little office area, and one of the milk wives came in, and he asked me, "Well, that's a young milk hand." Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's it's in his blood. But yeah. yeah, we went back to the dairy barn when he was ten days old, and all the kids did that actually. Yeah. We always worked at the dairy, but the hardest thing was actually probably not seeing each other enough in the beginning from from my marriage, also relationships and everything. It, it was yeah. tough. It was I can make it pretty, but that that was that was one of the things that we really didn't like that we didn't see each other enough. Yeah, you're newlyweds. You want to see each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. You have to believe in your dream enough to not to not. Yeah. And and to believe in your relationship enough to just keep going. And it's going to be thirty years and. Well, you know, we got uh, married in 1990, so it's soon enough it's going to be 30 years, if the it's Lord amazing. blesses it like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm still counting the days. It's it's kind of funny. It's Usually I know almost to the date how long we are married, so it's still very, very special. Yeah, that's really sweet. Um, so you so you build the dairy in Oklahoma, and then you continue to buy up farmland. Um when I was really young, a lot younger, your husband Peter told me um, a piece of advice that we've applied to our business, and that is that you have to prepare. Um, when everyone else is building, you have to save up your money so that when everyone else slows down, you can start running. Is that how you built all of your business? Almost, yeah. Just about on the downside. Um, years ago, we got an opportunity, and it was, when was that? It was about 10 years ago. Milk business was business. Was, well, we go up and down all the time, and that was a downside also. And there was a dairy for sale actually in in our county, just six miles down the road, and nobody wanted to touch it apparently because the milk price was so bad. And we decided, well, let's take a chance. We left it open for six months because there was no. We bought it, and it needs a lot of upkeep again. It was. We needed to do a lot of work on that place, and we changed it a whole lot from an open lot to freestyle barns. But we did it in in the downtime, and it it was scary to do that, and we could kind of grow from within with heifers and everything, because usually when uh, we have an overabundance of heifers, so we grew from from within a lot, but not everything. So it was scary to do that, but we were really successful in that area, and now we're milking about seventeen hundred uh, cows over there, and it's it's like clockwork. I love that dairy. It is it's a fun dairy. We yeah we cleaned it all up and made it better in the downtime. So right now we're building a half a facility in the downtime. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I learned from you guys when I was just starting out in my career is to work out of rest. And by that, I mean to make sure that you're um, taking breaks. Like I remember the first time I came to your dairy, it was 10 o'clock and a bell rang and everyone stopped. And Peter and I came back to the house with, to have coffee. coffee with you. Yeah. And I, I've never forgotten that because... For me and for my husband both, um, we tend to just work and work and work and keep going and not take that time to stop. Why do you think that's important? I think it's important you have a base. You keep that base. We learned that probably also in the beginning when we were starting and I was the hardest thing, the time-wise and everything, time management, time together. And I think that came back from there also. And also from our roots. Our roots are Dutch. 
So 10 o'clock, coffee time. 4 o'clock, tea time. <laughs> so it's And we still sit down for lunch on the Danunum table. And we eat our big meal with, with lunch. But yes, we still in, instill it in our, uh, in our people so that work with us. You know, uh, all our employees also, if they come to us, we want to work an extra day or something like that. We usually refuse just because everybody needs a rest. Yeah. You gotta recharge your battery and be grounded. And that's the ten o'clock coffee time. It it's still going on after all those years and it's it's okay to do that for, for you know, sit down for ten minutes. Just sit down and, and ground yourself for a minute. Stop yourself in in the red race and, and then keep going. Yeah. Do you think that you're able to work harder because of that? I I don't harder, I don't know. Um I think the more level maybe sometimes you can keep continuing a little bit, yeah, maybe you can continue a little bit longer sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you are grounded a little bit sometimes instead of being caught up with everything. And we have days that it's it's not happening. Right. That's be you can be realistic, you know. It's one of those things. It does not happen every day. But probably 6 days out of the week it will happen. Yeah. So, in 2011, was it 11 or 12 your farm experienced um, a tornado? That was 11. 11. November 7, 2011. Tell us about that, that experience. That was, uh, well, it's a life-altering experience, that's for sure. It, uh, it was a beautiful day, muggy. They talked about bad weather. And around, oh, what was it, 2.30? 2.30, the, the clouds start coming in a little bit. Not much. We were in the middle of a drought. We hadn't seen a lick of rain since June 14, 2011. And so that was the first time we were in for rain. So we're all excited for some rain. Finally, there's rain coming. We're gonna, maybe it's gonna change. And a big cloud came and I'll never forget, I just came home from Louisville and from a, from a cow show with our youngest one. And we were breeding one of the show heifers in the backyard because we always had show heifers in the backyard for the kids when they were in, in, in school for 4-H, FFA. And we were breeding one of the heifers, and my husband said, look at that, what is that? It looks like a tornado, and it was a small tornado, and we looked around, and there was another tornado, and they came back in the clouds, and what's the change in November? You know, you, we're not scared for tornadoes in, in November, it, every, it can happen every single time, that's for sure, but how big can it get in November? But that thing started growing and growing, and it turned out to be an EF4 when it entered our dairy, and an EF5 when it left us, and I had about 675 houses and from calf houses and 98% was gone. Calves were kind of somewhere walking around a lot, were not walking any longer. Uh, we, uh, we called the veterinarian right away and they came out and um, uh, insurance of course came out right. I called my insurance agent so we started walking around and within an half an hour to an hour, it was just unbelievable how heartwarming it was. Then you know you're in the right place. Half the town came to help us. And I still get emotional about it. It's it's like it meant to happen. It was meant to happen. That it was not. It was by all means. It was horrible that it happened. Cause seeing my baby calves dying, they didn't deserve that. I love my cows. I love my baby calves. And to have that happen, and and knowing that you know that morning, you put them in the calf house, and that afternoon they died. That was just horrific. But the town came together, and I was able to go into the milk house and find a bunch of bottles and milk powder and we all made it by hand and that night I fed about 300 calves with people from churches and schools and it kept continuing for the next couple of weeks you know you're in the right place if those are that's friendship that is that goes way more than behind friendship I think yeah it's it's yeah 
God blesses that in that area. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was before you built the new dairy, right? No, it was. We had the big dairy already, and the, the small dairy we had it also. Okay. Yeah, that was and that was up and running also. Yeah. Did you ever, when you experienced that, did you ever think like maybe, maybe we should stop? Like maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. You don't want to stop. But deep in, how? How can we can we do this? This is so big. How the heck? It was November, and it froze that night, and I didn't have a barn to put a calf in. I I had him wrapped up in in in, in uh, alfalfa blocks. We had uh, the, the four before We made pens like that and put plastic over. That was my housing for the calves, and that was that was not fair for them either. So not fair. So I had a really good friend come over and um, from from Stephenville, and. Um, they came over and they picked up all the heifers that were survivable. And we had more people picking up heifers. I, I didn't know where the heifers were going. They were borrowing our, our trailers and everything. And finally around Christmas time, I could pick a bunch up because um, we found calf houses, secondhand calf houses in Colorado. And somebody was going out of business. They wanted to sell them and I called them and he said, yeah, there's so much, but I know how much you need him? He said, we're going to knock him down a whole lot in price. And it was second-handed, and he said, I'm going to throw all the buckets in, because you have nothing. So I have nothing left. So he threw the buckets in and everything. So that was amazing. But also, um, a contractor, he came out right away. And uh, and we had a little storm also in, in uh, June, and I think that was God's way of telling me, prepare yourself. Because with this one, I knew what to do. I knew it happened, and before the tornado actually happened, or uh, uh, left our dairy, I probably hang already on the phone with our contractor. I didn't even check out the damage. I knew there was damage, because yeah. I saw it going up. And I don't recommend anybody to watch an EF4 um, going through your place. It's, I puked. I saw it happening, and I saw the calf houses going up one by one like dominoes, and I, yeah, your brain is, is not working anymore. We prayed so hard and everything, and yeah, we had everybody in the ground except Peter and me. Everybody was in in shelter, all the milkers, everybody was in shelter, and thank God it didn't hit the milk barn, and what the cows were, the freestyle barns, the calf was bad enough, and we had some damage in the, in the freestyle barns, we lost some cows, but all our hay barns were gone, the hay was still there, but the hay barns were gone, Interesting. we had so much damage with the silage pits, because all the metal from, the, from everything, it, we had metal everywhere, and school groups came out, churches came out, and they helped us clean up, and... Then you know it's good. Yeah. Do you have um, Do you have a policy in place for your employees for storms like that? Does do you, is that something that like everybody knows what to do? Everybody knows what to do. We got we got a basement, so lucky us. We have the base. We built that basement at the dairy. At the dairy, yeah. We built the basement, and everybody got to go in there. When we say the word, then it's no no questions asked. We go on the ground. Even at nighttime, we'll we'll uh, we'll tell everybody, you know, we'll text each other, and okay, it's time to go on the ground. And thankful, it, yeah, we didn't have close. We had a couple close calls. It makes me very very nervous and uh, on edge. And now I go in a tornado shelter. When when it is a tornado warning, I go downstairs with everybody else. Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, yeah, and and we pray. And 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 the people that went through it with us, you know, they they're scared to death also from sometimes when bad weather, especially in the beginning. It's easing off now again. It's it's one of those things like, okay, it happened, and you never say never, never gonna happen again. But we've been through this, and we got tested, and we made it. And I'm glad we stayed in the business. 
if it happens again, my husband and I sometimes joke from, oh. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> can we can do that it. again? <laughs> yeah, can we do that again? Especially the emotions. Yeah. It it took a toll on our emotions because we didn't have insurance. We we couldn't get insurance any longer because the insurance dropped us. After that. After that, yeah, and to get new insurance, that was, and to call your banker from. I know we got inspection pretty soon, but I have no insurance. I don't have a certificate. You know what you all got to yeah. show the bankers when, when you have inspection. And I said, I really don't have it. And our banker said also, well, that is so not good. Except, no, I know it's so not good. <laughs> so I'm trying, but I got rejected 42 times. 42 times. As if you could control the fact that a tornado hit your farm. You can't. <laughs> yeah. And not only the main dairy, but the other dairy, the same story. Because we were the same owners, so and it's like I didn't provoke this, but that was the, that was really a stressful time. You know, you you rebuild, and uh, by the spring everything was rebuilt, and you think you can go on with life, and then that happens. And I had a hard time because I was running running the office, and I had a hard time telling my husband. I said I, I'm rejected again, and then finally after you know so many letters and so many phone calls, you think how much more can we can we take and yeah and so many people said oh yeah we can get you insurance and then they never call back so you know what happened it couldn't get us insurance so finally i got insurance and i'm so thankful it wasn't a very high policy yeah yeah it took a lot away from our milk check that's for sure a lot but now we're you know um, five years after that we could relax a little bit better we, we got a little bit better rates now a lot better rates and we can shop around again for other insurance, but whew, it was tough. Yeah. So on a happier note, you mentioned it briefly, but your kids are back farming with you. Two of your three. Two out of three. And then your in children in law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about that because that sounds really fun. And then how did you? How did you? How did they decide to come back? And was that something that you encouraged, or did you encourage them to do whatever they wanted? I really encouraged them whatever they wanted to do. They uh, decided to go in, um, the oldest one, the son, um, he went to animal science and uh, also got a uh, business degree from OSU in Stillwater. And our daughter also got an animal science and Eric, the oldest one, he decided from I really would like to come back. At first he didn't know for sure and then he's like, okay, no, I want to come back. So he did his master's and everything because these days, you know, in the dairy business, it's not just like milking cows and feed them and everything and go on. It is a bona fide business. Yeah. You know, you got to keep so so much in uh, in line business-wise. So we really encouraged him to do something like that. And he said, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for my master's. So he did that. And then he came back and uh, stopped working for us. And then his sister also, uh, well, she got engaged. And she said, but I really would like to come back to the dairy. And what about my future husband? So we sat down as a family, the six of us, uh, or actually the five of us, because, um, yeah, our daughter-in-law was not in the picture yet. That was uh, right before. And uh, we all sat down as a family and also personally with him. What are the possibilities? And so, yeah, we definitely got openings. And uh, he has a degree in engineering from OSU, of course. <laughs> and uh, I said, there's absolutely possibilities because we farm so much. So he yeah. decided to, he applied, so to speak. And we we talked about it and like, yeah. And I hope he loves it. He says he loves it. So uh, if you listen to it, Adam, uh, if you listen to it. <laughs> but uh, he, he grew up an, an hour uh, north of us and uh, on, the, on the wheat farm. So his dad is helping us combine. We combine some wheat and, and some triticale, and his 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 family is is getting more and more involved with us also, which is that that's that's an envision. It's 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 so heartwarming and so loving that we can do that. That his 
parents also coming and uh, we just had Father's Day and we all celebrated all together. His sister came over with her husband and the baby and yeah, so it, the family is growing more more so than we ever thought it would be. So that's and our daughter-in-law the same thing. She just graduated with a master's uh, from OSU in air communication. So she's starting to work more and more in that area for us also and, and setting up more social media, keeping an eye on that and everything. and working in the office and she's been definitely a big asset uh, both the the kids and and the in-law kids I, I'm here with my daughters I always say it's not my daughter-in-law it's those two are my daughters so they're newlyweds they just got married in September and in January so it's all still new for us also and sitting down as as a family uh, you know and discussing things what's going to happen in the dairy industry and where we're going what's our goal and yeah, it's 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 a new one for my husband and me also to have the kids really involved in it and their spouses. Yeah, and then yeah, the youngest one we don't know yet. She's doing her masters in uh, in plant science at at OSU. <laughs> so. <laughs> so she might come back. Maybe she can be your agronomist. Oh yes, and <laughs> I, I tell her she said no, but I said never say never. Yeah, you never know. No, you never do know. You never do know. So, what's your what? What do you think? You know, over the years has been obviously the tornado incident was a challenge, but what's been your your biggest challenge? Biggest challenge, um, breast cancer. Yeah, that's my biggest challenge. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the biggest things. And I think with a tornado, God prepares you for for tough times. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I got I got diagnosed with breast cancer on the September seventeenth, two thousand thirteen. That was not my year. 2013 was not my year. It's, I don't blame number 13 on it. Absolutely not. But that was not my year. And uh, I got diagnosed. And uh, it was an aggressive cancer. And I got my uh, mastectomy done in October. And um, got to wait for a little bit. Because I, I was I was not a quickest healer. And I had a little bit bigger surgery than I expected. In December, I started chemo. I eight rounds of chemo. And then I did a full round also of uh, radiation. So actually, um, May 31st is actually, uh, I see it almost as my second birthday. It's, it's been now four years and uh, yeah, it's always on, on the back of my mind, that's for sure. It, 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 it was hard, it was tough, yeah. I, my husband, uh, and I have to say my husband, Peter, um, he stood with me through all the treatments. He drove me every single time to Oklahoma City, which is two and a half hours. Every two weeks he drove me to Oklahoma City. and. I did it in the winter, and that helped a lot with the dairy business. And he said, "Yeah, I can, I can take two days away." And uh, Eric was uh, was not home yet, so that was that was tough. Wilma was also still living in Stillwater. Um, Lisa was in, was in, uh, in high school uh, senior. First thing out of my mouth when the doctor uh, told me this, he said, "I have no time for this. I have a senior <laughs> in high school. I have a business to run." And she said, "Yeah, you better make time for this." And I did, and I'm glad I did. And everything it it, it stopped us in our tracks and appreciate life better way better a lot more a lot more we know who's in control absolutely yeah. because breast cancer um the way i found out is i had a heifer uh, hit me in the summer and i thought we all thought it was a big it was a really bad one i was feeding calves and and i had a bottle and the bottle hit me with her and it hurt just like a baseball hit you almost and so my breast was hurting and then I, I felt something and it was big and it was just like a big old bruise on soft tissue and it went away and then it quit going away and it, it, something stayed over there and I started feeling and feeling more and so um, Gemma that was a brown swiss heifer found my um, my breast cancer and 
she passed away during my treatments. Mm. And first I was very upset about it, very upset about it, like not that one. And she was dead in no time. It was like she had pneumonia and it was she was gone in hours instead of days. And that's not normal for us. Usually when we you treat them, you know, you got you see hope. And yeah. this time there was no hope it seemed like it and she passed away and I came to peace with it because um I strongly believe she was an angel from God. Sent in the form that I needed. I didn't need somebody in a white robe with wings. I would have probably like yeah no. But this this heifer was an angel from God, and he would she was sent by him to find my cancer, and she passed away. But I lived. I'm still here. I'm still here, and and uh, yeah, Gemma got four sisters. Every year, her mom brings uh, apparently a heifer, so, <laughs> and I all call them with a G name because Gemma was with a G. And they all have to be meaningful, glory to God. So I name them all special names. They're all very near and dear to my heart. It's, it's yeah, when, when her mom is calving, I'm sitting there in the calf barn, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Crying buckets and everything, but yeah. I'm so thankful because she's the mother of an angel. And I tell that newborn baby, you're the sister of an angel. And that's I, I strongly believe that. And, and that's the reason I tell people always, listen, listen. God will give you signs. He gave me a couple signs before the heifer found it. He yeah. definitely gave me some signs. And listen, listen to that. See, be open for the messages from God. Be please be open for your messages because it you find it then. You will find out what he's means meaning to do. Yeah. It's one of those things that uh yeah. I'm but I'm four years now out of out of the treatments and I'm glad I'm here. Life changed. I cannot do everything on the farm that I used to do. And it's it's and that you give something up, but I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to see. I, since then, we had um, so many graduations. We had two weddings. And who knows what the future is going to bring. The future is so bright. Yeah. So bright. Yeah. Well, I'm crying again. I've cried <laughs> twice now. Yeah. I seem to always cry with you, though. <laughs> but that's good. Yes, it is good. Um, so there's one question that I ask every person that comes on the podcast. To what do you credit your success? Do you think that it's you know, skill, like, like, um, your skill, Peter's skill, your business acumen, your smarts, um, or do you think that it's luck, like maybe lucky timing, got in the business at the right time, or do you think it's a combination? What do you think? It's God. God God gave us a talent. He gave us this talent and this is our life. It's not a job. It's our, it's a lifestyle. It's, it is our life. This is what it surrounds around cows. Um, Officially, I am fifth generation, so is my husband, from back in Europe. We've always been in the dairy business. We, we grew up on dairies, and, and a lot smaller than over here, of course. So I think God gave us this talent. It's in our DNA, but that's God still doing. And he guides us. He definitely guides us. He, he, he guided us over here, that we can start a dairy over here. We could never done what we were doing over here in Holland, that's for sure. I, my dad didn't like it that I was in the dairy business because... I was a girl, and I was running the dairy over there, and my brother got a dairy, everything. I milked that milk quartum together, but, and it's okay. I'm, 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 that's okay. He, that's how, how my father wanted it, and I moved on, and I got lucky over here, and it is maybe some luck, and, and, but luck is still with God. He will, he will guide you through it, and that's how I see it, and um, that, yeah, I strongly believe that, that God gave us this talent, and guides us. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for being on today, Anita. It's been such a joy to chat with you. Um, until next week, guys, that's this week's episode of The First Years. Hands are high,